This is episode 332 for October 2014, and if you're a fan of this podcast and our website, and you must be because you're listening to this message, I'd appreciate your support by logging on to the front page of SpidermanCrawlspace.com. Look on the right-hand side for a button that says Support This Site Via PayPal, and you can help us pay the bills. You can uh, add a PayPal donation. You can set it up to be a monthly donation, like some people do $3.99 a month, which equals a comic book, or you can do a one-time donation, but uh, I'd appreciate it. The bills do add up, and uh, we don't get paid for the show. We do it out of the kindness of our hearts, and I hope you enjoy the product, because we've been doing it for a very long time. All right, on with the show. Hey, gang, welcome to our review show. We've got two issues this month. We've got Superior Spider-Man number 33, the book that will not end, and we don't want it to. And we have Amazing Spider-Man 1.5, the book that we want to end. All right. God. (laughs) JR, you've got uh, Superior, and Mike, you've got uh, ASM 1.5. JR, start us off, sir. Okay, well, previously on Superior Spider-Man, nothing really having anything to do with Spider-Man occurred, but uh, we do have drawings of people, of kids wearing Spider-Man t-shirts. So, (laughs) anyway, now, Superior Spider-Man... We need an editor's note. Please refer to the previous podcast that was released for that... (laughs) There you go. Steve Wacker. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, back, you know, as you may recall, back during Superior Spider-Man's original run, a temporal accident, you know, caused by Spider-Man 2099 coming into the present and Tiberius Stone sabotaging the equipment, you know, Superior Spider-Man briefly disappeared. And he looked, he came back seconds later, but he looked a little bit roughed up, so we knew something happened. Well, this is the rest of the story. So we found out last issue, number 32, that Superior was thrown into 2099, and while he was trying to get back to his own time, he started crossing dimensions, and that's when he discovered all these alternate universe Spider-Men being killed by something, you know, a big guy in a diving helmet, and, (laughs) you know, who exists specifically to kill spiders. And, of course, you know, anybody who's been with us since the... uh, Straczynski run knows what this is. Anyway, so Superior Spider-Man, who is, of course, really Dr. Octopus and Peter Parker's body, uh, then surmises that in order to survive, he must gather an army of interdimensional Spider-Man to fight this creature. All right, so and then he's hoping that every leap, next the next leap is the leap home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, nice quantum leap reference. So issue number 33 begins with the guy in the diving helmet. He, we're in another universe. Uh, he's trying to kill the, that universe of Spider-Man, but we find out that it's a cyborg Spidey with a sonic cannon out of it coming out of his back or whatever. You know, like one of those, like one of those Transformers toys or something or whatever. You know, you shift him around and. When I first saw it, it reminded me of that Sinister Six Larson story where he was all had Deathlock yeah, armor all over. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. This kind of looks a little yeah. familiar to that. Well, you know, we think we think he's going to get killed by the guy in the diving helmet, but he's not alone. 
because the cavalry in the form of Superior Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Man India, the Assassin Spider-Man from a What If issue, Spider-Monkey, Spider-Girl, which is not May Parker, but Peter's granddaughter from the Old Man Logan series, and, ironically, considering the topic of last month's spider history... A six-armed Spider-Man from the there you go. dimension where he never lost his arms. The dimension where Morbius was eaten by sharks. Yeah. So they all join the battle, and they're able to take this guy down for a little while. But, you know, he's just, doggone it, you know, he's just too strong. I mean, he's from this race of beings who have hit Spider-Man harder than he's ever been hit before. And, you know, so he he's, he starts to fight him again, and then all of a sudden... Brother and his brother and sister come through the portal. Now, brother and sister look like vampires uh, who are who just got back from a British fox hunting uh, English countryside fox hunting trip. Why they're dressed like that? You know, it's like why do the? I mean, these uh, it, you know, and I, we'll get into a little more detail on them. But uh, none of these people dress the same, and it's like why, why the hell do they choose to dress like this? Anyway, <laughs> so. Anyway, the big guy who's been killing the spiders, the guy in the diving helmet, we find out, is named Karn, you know, which I suppose, you know, he's going to kill somebody close to Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man will yell, Karn! Nice. So anyway, the brothers, they obviously all don't get along, because after all, it is family. And uh, so they start arguing amongst themselves, and Superior Spider-Man says, you know, we are in... We are in over our heads. We'd better retreat back to 2099 and, and plan for a rematch. Uh, so that's where they go. They go back to 2099, and, uh, you know, he gives all the various Spider-Men something to do. And then he gathers Assassin Spider-Man and Spider-Girl and says, All right, I've pull, I, you know, I'm, talking to you, I'm talking to the two of you, you know, because those other Spider-Men, they're a bunch of pussies, you know. <laughs> they won't do what needs to be done. I know you guys are badasses. And we're, you know, if we're going to have to kill, we're going to have to kill. And if we're going to have to kill a whole race of people, we're going to have to kill a whole race of people. And these other Spider-Men may not agree, you know. And uh, the, then Spider-Girl and Assassin Spider-Man says, well, F them, you know, whatever it takes. <laughs> and that is, um, and that is, ends with to be continued in Spider-Verse. <laughs> and then we have the next story. All right, the next yeah, story. Take me through this. <laughs> this is confusing. The next, well, the, the next story is the backup story, and it tells us the or the background of this Karn. Because when I got done with this initial story, you know, I wasn't thinking, boy, you know, I really like the cool idea of an, of, of you know gathering Spider Men. Uh, across multi-dimensions for a great battle. That You know, I, I'm really intrigued by that. But you know what I would even be more intrigued by? I would be more intrigued by to see where this Karn in the diving helmet comes from. And, of course, they granted my wish. We find out that he is of the same family as Morlin because we see Morlin, too. It looks like there's at least seven siblings and their mom. You know, and why they're all hanging out with, I mean, they're all grown up and they're hanging out with their mom. So you know these guys are a bunch of losers. You know, or or they're comic book fans. Uh, so anyway, so they're, they're, they're hunting spiders with their mom. 
You know, and they're ha- uh, they're going after the Master Weaver, and of course it's like, oh my God, I'm having flashbacks <laughs> to the whole Ezekiel Morland Shathra Totem Super No Ezekiel Morland Totem Shathra Mystic Spider <laughs> Crap. Um, yep. So anyway, the Master Weaver. You know, anyway, they send Karn to lead the charge against the Master Weaver. But the master, but Karn, you know, and probably what is going to be a hint of the ultimate, ultimate denouement of this series, you can see it coming, Karn is just not quite as evil as the rest of his siblings, you know. He's probably adopted. Uh, and, um, and so he can't kill, or, well, I don't know if they want to kill the Master Weaver, but it, because they later don't kill him, but they just capture him. He can't do it. So Mama decides that she's going to lead the charge. And, well, the Master Weaver, you know, doing what Master Weavers do, you know, I mean, he just, he breaks a thread. Oh, well, you know serious shit is going to happen here, you know, because he broke the thread. Well, Mama disintegrates. All right. Well, all the rest of the siblings now are seriously, seriously pissed at Karn because... They were living in her house, and she was paying the bills. So what the heck are they going to do now? <laughs> what the? So there's a lot of editing in that jar. <laughs> so they capture the master weaver and chain him up so he can't break no more threads. Because boy, that was really a dramatic panel when he broke that thread. Holy yeah. cow! The juggernaut knocking over the World Trade Center, or what? What? Volstagg blowing up Soldier Field. You know, I mean, with massive casualties, none of that compared to seeing this thread break. Oh, just chills down my spine. Anyway, so they said, Karn, because you have betrayed the family and you are an embarrassment and you are a Met fan and we're Yankee fans, we are putting a diving helmet on <laughs> because we can't stand to look at that hat, you know, or your face. And so we're going to put a diving helmet on you and we're going to send you uh away you're going to go into exile so now that's the whole thing that's why karn we've been seeing karn these last two issues killing all these interdimensional spider-men because he wants to go back and live with his siblings in mom's house so you know and therefore that's the that's the story that's that's the background of, of karn and I just don't know how more, how more breathless I, I could get. I, I'm glad this was a, this was a very short backup story because I, I, I couldn't breathe when I got done with this one. <laughs> so, uh, Gray Jr., what do you think? Uh, I would probably give the original story a B. Uh, I did like yeah. it. You know, the only thing that it, it, it didn't score higher, of course, because I don't care for the the Karn thing. But it was I, I again. I I'm a sci-fi. I just like I said. I've always loved time travel stories and internet. I just I just love that shit, you know, eat it up. But right. so I gave that a B. But this thing, I, I, I give the other part a D because I am just not interested. I, mm. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I know that I've said of the whole Ezekiel story, you know, the concept was interesting, I thought, because you have to challenge the hero sometimes. You have, sometimes you have to tell the hero, you know what, your life as you knew it, <laughs> you got it all wrong, bud. <laughs> so I thought that, but the execution was poor. The execution was poor, yeah. lackluster, and it had a bad ending. And it's like, why do we keep going back to this shit? Is anybody, is anybody demanding a return to the, for these characters? And again, it's not Spider-Man. You know, I mean, if it was a 
I don't know. If it was a future, like what was that? Like when DC tried to pull this Armageddon two thousand shit, you know, and you know, and and just because it leaked, they decided to change it, and then they really ruined it and made it bad. I mean, if this were like a future demented Peter Parker who'd gone mad or something and was doing something crazy, and all the other Spider Men had to kind of come together to take him down, okay, kind of because that's a sci fi thing, and Spider Man is he is. He's got he's got his you know even though he's a down to earth superhero he's kind of got a, a foot in the sci fi thing, but this this just doesn't interest me, you know I yeah. mean and these these characters are boring they eat spiders they hunt spiders and eat spiders and they're all badass you know I mean <laughs> and they live with their mom so, <laughs> so so this gets a D I just didn't you know it gets a what this gets a D you know I mean a D the, wow the backup gets a D the initial oh, the story gets, gets a D. D yeah oh okay. So. Yeah, but the initial story, I like the initial story, but then that gets a B. So I guess it averages to a C. C, okay, yeah. Uh, let's go around the horn for the grades. Do you guys, well, I guess since Jared broke them up, we'll break them up too. Uh, George, what's your grade for the main story and the backup? Uh, a and C minus. Yeah. Uh, Mike? Uh, same as George. A, C minus, well, or maybe about a C or so, but yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it. I'd give it a, a B plus and a D plus on the backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go around the ho- horn for pros. Jr., what did you like most about this one? Well, like I've, you know, like I said, I, I, I like the cons. I like at least the sci-fi concept. I like the way Superior Spider-Man. I mean, we 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 we've talked about it before. I mean, it's a great character. Superior Spider-Man is a friggin' great character, and yeah. and Slot writes him well. Uh, and and some of the and it's kind of fun to see the other universe Spideys. I mean, um, we've seen Spider-Man Noir before. Uh, I, I thought and I liked the first Spider-Man Noir miniseries. Um, yeah. The second one wasn't bad, but you know it was one of those things where the concept, the joke, uh, uh, it's not the joke was told. I mean, the story was told. It was an interesting concept, but it doesn't survive repetition. But it but it was still interesting to see him again and Assassin Spider-Man. I mean. That, yeah, I, I like I like that, but uh, so definitely my pros, uh, you know. But the con is I'm I'm just not interested into the in the uh, the bad guys. Right. Uh, pros out of you, George. Um, I really I enjoyed the artwork um, by uh, Giuseppe Camicoli. Camicoli, I think that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I here's my thing. I didn't expect to like this as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I really yeah, didn't, here. and. It it wound up, and I don't know if that's, you know, to credit Gage, you know, since I guess he was the majority writer on this. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked the pacing. Um, I liked, I like just seeing all the all the Spider-Man working together was kind of cool. I don't want to see it across 84 titles. You know, I, I enjoy that I'm just seeing it here in this one space. I enjoyed Spider Monkey being kind of a badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I yeah. I enjoyed um, the fact that there's kind of factions amongst the Spider-Man. Well, especially since one of them's not even Peter Parker. You know, since one of them's actually Doctor Octopus. Right. But you know, you had the the six-armed Spider-Man going. You know, where does this guy get off? You know, I mean, and he, you know, we call him superior. You know, but he backs it up, and then you know the 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 what's her name Barton, the Spider Woman, is like. Uh, you know, let's just we're down to kill this thing. I even like the the speech at the end. You know, when um, he talks to all of them, and then he pulls the assassin and uh, and Barton aside, and is like, "Okay, here's what's really going to happen. We're going to kill some people." 
thought that was badass. It's going to get bloody because it reminded me of one of my yeah. favorite moments from uh, I think it was in the original Infinity Gauntlet, where they're having a Aveng- uh, meeting at Avengers Mansion and um, Adam Warlock pulls Hulk and Wolverine aside and is like, "Let's let's not even kid around here. We're, we're going to have to kill somebody." And Hulk yeah. and Wolverine are like, "Oh, we're dude, we're down. This is, no, we're <laughs> we're ahead of you. This happens. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, we got your back on this one. This, on like Donkey this, Kong. Yeah, this ends here. We, this guy's yeah. got to go. Yeah. So I like those kinds of moments, you know, because it's going to come. You know, you're going to have friction with the other spider man who are like, "Why do you have guns?" And the other guy's like, "Why do you not have guns? You yeah. know, or bullets? Why do you not? You know?" Yeah. So I, I would just, I enjoyed the pacing. I enjoyed. Um, I, I even enjoyed the the what we later learn are Moreland siblings coming out of the little portal and attacking the guy. I, they reminded me of like an evil version. Well, I mean, not an evil version, just a different version of like Team Rocket from Pokemon. <laughs> I, I have expected them to start making out at some point. Oh. You know, but um, no, I, I and you know what I what I also enjoyed was Dot was Otto and the Anna Maria hologram. Oh yeah. You know, that whole thing, and, and he's like, you know, I've got to do this for you. This is why I'm doing this, because they could try to get at me through you, and I you know, I have to get back to you. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is – you know, because you know what happens, and you're like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, that's horrible, you know. So – but no, I, I was surprised by how much I liked this. Now, that backup story is – it's lamentable. Rough. You know, yeah. they come across like some kind of uh, steampunk cosplayers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, 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 it lost my interest pretty quick. But, uh, but yeah, the the main story that it was good. Cool. Uh, pro out of you, Mike. Uh, well, George kind of took a lot of them actually. Um, yeah. But um, right, the thing is, what really kind of sold me a little bit. I mean, where you have that opening, where you have the opening itself. Where, yeah, you know this is a Spider-Man from another universe, partly because it says on the caption what thing. But the moment he his back opens, and it's like a sonic cannon, and he blasts Karn, and he's like revealed to be a cyborg. Yeah. And then that from that moment, you just had just one really good scene after another. I mean, we got the thing with the, the whole thing about how that thing, that line from the Assassin Spider-Man about how he says, you know, where he's saying, well, why, you know, the core question is, why don't you have bullets in your web shooters and blowing stuff up and the and the thing about you can really kind of the artwork itself and that thing with the spider monkey you know i mean initially you think oh this guy characters you think it's a kind of real joke but no that's probably one of the most awesome pages i think in the entire spider monkey's a badass dude. oh yeah <laughs> i mean you don't want to laugh at this guy now after that Woo. because he should because he was just um and i just that they and you also get a sense too um I also like you said like I really did like the Anna Maria um, the scene between or uh, not Anna, the uh, hologram Anna Maria thing because partly because you kind of get at the same it's kind of weird because at the same time it's a different side to Doc Ock's arrogance but also there's a little bit of an empathy there because of course naturally when you're thinking of when Doc Ock says that oh there's only one like there's there's even though there's there are others like Parker but only one of me. Now, naturally, you think there's obviously going to be different Dr. Octopus analogs around, but this idea that he kind of places himself almost as I kind of set apart, like that he's so unique in this in, the, in a story involving multiple versions of various people and everything. There's it kind of has 
you know, it kind of shows a little bit of his ego, but yet at the same time, through that conversation he has with Anna Maria, it shows that his his loneliness and the fact that he just feels kind of isolated and he's but at the same time as he kind of feels like resolve, well I have because and I liked how he was debating the strategy involved here. He says, Well, I can't rely too much on these allies because you know they're all Parker. But I can't face these other guys, these these other the uh, the more the, the this other family here of these uh, of these steampunk vampire guys. I can't face them on and by them myself. But I can't recruit more allies because that's just going to make attract us even more. And so I like that whole you know. And but I'm going to but and I can't go back to my own time because that's going to put and the real Anna Marie in danger. And so I'm going to stick it out. And I like that character moment there. And I also liked how that it's also kind of, even though you can kind of see it coming, that, that the potential conflict that's going to be set up between the Spider-Man, between obviously Peter Parker's uh, no one dies side and Spock's attitude that this is, a, this is a war of survival, it's kill or be killed. And I like how it's kind of, you can already see kind of the, the friction that's going to develop there. And um, I even kind of like the, the stuff about um, Karn and the, learning a little bit more about Moreland, Moreland and his family, Ilk. Even though, well, we'll get into the cons later, but, but I kind of like how it's, we're finally kind of getting a little bit more in-depth about who some of these, um, who some of the villains are and every, their backstory and everything, and more so, I think, than what J. Michael Zrazinski was toying with. So I think it's just yeah, all around. I think it was just really, really, really good um, comic. Let's do cons now. What's something you didn't like? The backup, obviously, a lot of us didn't like. Well, it's not, it's not so much because I think it just feels like on its own, like if you took it apart from Spider-Man, having this thing where, okay, you have a bunch of these steampunk vampires going around through other, hopping around <laughs> through other dimensions, that in itself sounds like a pretty nifty sci-fi horror con- high concept deal. Mm-hmm. But as JR said it doesn't really fit with something like Spider-Man. I mean, the, the, the whole spider totemic thing never really did. I mean, the thing about when, the, in, when, when J. Michael Straczynski was starting it, if you, go from, um, if you go from coming home to the book of Ezekiel, and if you just left it at that, that, to me, is just a fine little arc. It's just that Marvel... And their infinite wisdom had to ruin it all when they decided to do the other evolve or die, and then they made that whole the idea of the whole spider totem, which was supposed to be ambiguous and have a little bit of mystery to it, and just mm-hmm. took it all away. And then this is just another following up on it. And I, and while I kind of appreciate the fact that maybe they are going to try to you know get a little this gets this a little bit more in depth about who Moreland actually is, it just doesn't really feel. Like it really belongs in a Spider-Man comic, and I, you know, and I, hopefully this will, you know, we'll get out of this as you know after the, after Spider-Verse gets all wrapped up and done with. So, yeah. Uh, other cons, anybody? Um, I, aside from the obvious, which was that last story. Yeah. You know, the last story actually, and this was a fear I had. Remember, I've been saying for a while now. It looks like we're back to the '90s where everybody gets their own goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to worry now that at the end of this whole Spider Spider Verse thing that they're going to try to take Moreland and make him an anti-hero and make him like the next Wolverine or something. No, they'll shit. do that with Karn. They're setting up Karn <laughs> to be that character. Well, I, I don't know uh... if it's. Well, here's the thing though. I don't know if it's that because Moreland 
people know. Karn, people don't know about. Now, no, if, but it turns out, if it turns out that Morn or uh, Morn. <laughs> We're mourning that idea <laughs> that Morlin and Karn are actually close or something. You know, maybe they've repaired their bridges, or maybe maybe they're actually more of the same mold. Um, and or, or that or that Morlin starts to see things, you know, from Kern's perspective, and then they they wind up killing Kern. The family kills well, Kern or something, or Karn well, or whatever. Yeah, then, well, then I can see maybe where Morlin suddenly rethinks the whole being a complete douchebag thing and decides to be less of a douchebag and be more like a. Well, I don't want. I, I don't want another more. Yeah. I, I just don't want that, and I'm scared. That's what we're seeing here. Well, with, as I noted when I wrote the review for this on the uh, on the homepage, um, I kind of noticed that there's a little bit of almost a par- there's a little bit seems like there was a deliberate parallel between Peter Parker and Karn actually because. As you read the backup, Karn, is, as we find out, is also someone who is kind of motivated by guilt over the loss of a parental figure who goes around kind of feel like, oh, say, so now he's going around trying to kill these other spider, spiders as kind of a, oh, some kind of means to make amends. And so, and also he's wearing a mask, too. And he also, if you notice in the art, he kind of looked a little bit. He kind of was more of a, you know... Brown, you know, sort of more of a, you know, how you would think Peter Parker would be drawn with brown hair and stuff. So I'm kind of wondering if there's some deliberate, you know, they're kind well, of setting something up there. So well, the other the other con I had is actually more of an outside the book kind of thing, and, it, and it's something Jr's already mentioned is the fact that Otto is so much more interesting than what's going on in Amazing Spider-Man right now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And, and so this being as good as it was made me put that. Even more under the microscope for me, and how disappointing yeah. ASM is right now. Well, you now, can and you, you can tell also because remember the remember the news the the story was that this was that Spider Verse was originally supposed to be a superior Spider Man story, and you can tell by reading this issue that how how well that was the case because I imagine that these the, that that superior Spider Man number thirty two and thirty three were going to be like the original part one and two of that event. You can just kind of see it. Yeah, when you're reading when they're reading this thing. Yeah. So those yeah. those are my cons. I mean, the actual story itself. Again, I didn't expect it to be as good as it. I didn't expect it right. to like it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, let's go on to learning to crawl. We're wrapping that mini series up, and Mike, you've got that one. Okay. Now, if you folks remember last time, um, Peter was kind of humbled because. Flash destroyed his uh, rod of power, so <laughs> his little battery-operated rod of power thing. So now, and if, now, I'm sure Brad, you kind of know that if you now, I'm going to ask you this question: If you yeah. were accused, as as Clayton Cole was, of being a Spider-Man poser, mm-hmm. how would you resolve about trying to alleviate that reputation? Uh, being a Spider-Man poser, yeah, being accused of being Spider-Man? a Spider-Man poser. Like, I would do something that Spider-Man would not do. Right. So you wouldn't yep. say, like, say, oh, I'm going to decide to crash a professional wrestling ring, and, you know, just like that Spider-Man did in the beginning of his career. Right. Yeah, which is what Clash does, of course. Because he, he, he wants to do a little bit of, uh, you know, he wants to be, he wants to do a little bit of combat rock, so to speak. So, uh, <laughs> um, so while this is, and so Peter, who's decided to, Quit being Spider-Man. He's he's still take. He's decided he got back in Jonah's good graces because he's been secretly taking photos of Clash's exploits and selling them. 
This earns him enough money to um, pay back um, the equipment he stole last time in order to build his, you know, magic wand of power. Um, <laughs> so, so, and it, you know, because mainly it's the right thing to do. Like, I guess it's the uh, the guy he was interning with forgives, you know, thinks he's a pretty stand-up guy. The principal tells him, "Well, thanks, but this, you know, the theft's still going to go on your permanent record." And also, Aunt May, he she figured she. Tell you know in in private with with um, with the principal and I guess uh, Flanagan who is the guidance counselor, she requested you know maybe you know this is, you know Peter's a good boy he just made a mistake and you know maybe we because of this incident you ought to you know Mr. Flanagan you ought to reconsider uh, taking having Peter going through counseling sessions again. Well, apparently Mr. Flanagan must. Is maybe is looking for having is about to really likes to decide to took this moment to commit career suicide and also risk bodily harm to himself because he tells Aunt May quote that the boy that she says I don't think so Mrs Parker the boy's untrustworthy a chronic liar a chronic liar and as far as I'm concerned he's a lost cause which doesn't make Aunt May happy so she just basically tells. Tells him, you know, tells him where the sun can't shine, and just, you know, takes off. <laughs> um, Peter, on the other hand, he's because of the fact that the theft has gone around the school, he's now a pariah, not just amongst the jocks, but also the fe- his fellow nerds, who take the opportunity to just basically whack him with dodgeballs at, during PE practice. Um, and of course, they won't sit next to him during lunch, and so he's feeling a little bit dejected and kind of sorry for himself and he's sulking in his room and and then comes Aunt and then so so then comes Aunt May and she tells him that she owes Peter an apology. She figures that, you know, I that she shouldn't have dumped his prob his problems onto other people, that they should have been talking about him instead. And so she asked Peter if, if Uncle Ben ever gave him about the speech about with great power comes great responsibility. And but and she asked him do you really know what that he meant by that? And he meant that we all have gifts, and it was our responsibility to share those gifts with others. And your Uncle Ben had that gift, and so do you, Peter. And he also had something else, another gift that you share. And at this moment, Aunt May decides to spit out her false teeth. <laughs> well, technically, they're not her false teeth. They're actually a set of novelty wind-up teeth. And the idea was that it's because that's the other gift that Uncle Ben shared. That he, if the Ben and Peter share, was their sense of humor, mm-hmm. and so she reminds him that aside from this, very result, this speech resolves Peter thinking, you know, I've been doing this all wrong, and I've tried to honor how Uncle Ben died when I should have been honoring how he lived, and so now he knows how to be both Peter Parker and Spider Man. Well. Next day, um, Clayton Cole, he manages to get himself a date, I suppose, with, uh, I guess, uh, one of the AV Club uh, members, uh, Paulie McKenna. Granted, he got her, got, he did this by basically doing some cyber stalking and got her number off the internet and called her up, but, you know, like on speak guys on. So as he's going, so as he's going to the high school to meet her, he suddenly starts having a crisis of confidence. He's thinking, hmm, should I stay or should I go now? And 
I was just thinking that. Yeah. Should I stay or should I? Wow. This is fucking me. Sorry. You people are sad. Well, so so Clayton decides, you know what would be a great idea? I'll dress up like that gu- I'll dress up like Clash because, you know, the same guy that terrorized the school back in the part three of this, because women like the bad boys, right? So he shows up at the school as Clash and, you know, basically kind of tries to pick up Paul and McKenna, blasting the other kids and saying, hey, you come with me. When at that moment, it's Spidey shows up and he's doing his trademark Peter, what they call his trademark, you know, quippage, which in this issue they call it his, um, he calls his patented Parker Panther. Um, and there's a little bit of a fight scene thing, and he's, he's telling, he's basically making fun of Clash and his outfit and how the fact that he's using jazz hands, and, and this is, of course, making every, all the other students laugh. And the idea, of course, is throwing Clash off his game while it's relaxing the other students, so it's kind of working, and they'll, Part of the ceiling, at one point, Clash gets all upset that he blasts in the ceiling, almost falls on Polly, but Spidey rescues her, and Clash is really PO'd at this point. He's like, you're ruining everything, and he's, and, but this winds up getting him, eventually Spidey ends up catching him, and stuff, catching him in his webs. And, and so Spidey decide, takes his mask off. And Clayton's like, oh, yeah, you know, now everybody knows who I am. I'm the creepy Clayton Cole, and you've probably forgotten all about who I am. You know, well, well, actually, the readers will probably in a couple months. But, but Spidey knows uh, exactly who Clayton is because he remembers he's the guy that he gave he's, who asked for his autograph. The first and the very first person he gave an autograph to. And so, so he decides, Spidey decides, well, I'm going to give you a new one. And so he writes courtesy of your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and tapes it up on, on the thing. And thus, that's why we haven't heard of Clash all this time, because he's probably been spending the next uh, decade in prison, singing to him, you know, pretty much singing to himself another, you know, another song. Probably, probably, singing, to him, probably singing to himself, you know, um, oh, I don't know. Oh, he's like probably thinking to myself. I fought the law, and the law won. But I fought <laughs> the, the law, law and the, the law won. Yep, well, many. The uh, I, I bet you he's going to get out of prison fairly soon. Oh, I'm sure he will. Um, how, did, and how did he stay there whenever all the other ones go in and out? Like he's the only one he's that stayed the only in one prison. Who stayed in prison because he was a good little boy. And Maybe he could be like an outlaw kind of hero. There, yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, anyway, the comic ends with Peter having a Sam Raimi moment, you know, which is <laughs> which he's standing in front of the American flag, and he's having this little inspirational monologue, and he basically tells about how, you know, he's thinking to his Uncle Ben, he's making his promise that, and we have this very great, terrific splash page where he leaps off, and we see all of his greatest hits that are to come, and he makes a promise to Uncle Ben, he goes, I'll never quit, and it's going to be amazing. And then, within less than a week, he's going to face a guy, a mad scientist with four tentacles, calling himself Dr. Octopus, who will give him, him a humiliating defeat, to the point where Peter decides, oh, I'm never going to be Spider-Man again, until he gets an inspirational speech from Johnny Storm Orm at his high school. 
And then there's that other time where he was attacked by the Green Goblin, and Alvin and he figured, and then he had to go save Aunt May, and says, "Oh, I can't be Spider Man because I got to take care of Aunt May." And then, then there you got those other time, have the other dozen times where he decided to maybe throw his costume and or burn it and make this overly dramatic declaration of Spider Man no more. And then there was that thing with the Clone Saga where he decided he and Mary Jane moved to, to Portland and. Then there was that other time where he tried to get rid of his powers later on, but you know, but yeah, I'm sure that's never going to happen. So I guess, <laughs> so yeah, but so, Brad, your favorite, yeah. your second favorite series, your first being that that Marvel Knights Spider-Man thing that happened. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So your second <laughs> that favorite is not my favorite. <laughs> your second favorite, you know, learning to crawl is finally over. Yeah. It, it was no nowhere near as bad. As oh, I know. Marvel it was. It was, it was a good. Yeah. It was good. It, it was very average at best. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I, I, I don't so, even think that that Marvel Knights thing is even the worst thing he's ever read. Now. Tell him what it is. What? Uh, what Mar- yeah, Marvel Knights is the worst thing I've ever no, read. You said you said that uh, the new Ultimate. Um, God, whatever it is. Oh, all new Ultimate. Yeah, you said that, that was worse. Ooh, yeah. 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 Oh man, that's a toss-up. I've never thought about comparing those two. That's rough. Yeah. Well, at least with Ultimates, I can read it straightforwardly. I know that's bad art, but I know what the people are doing, kinda. The other one was just like an acid trip, <laughs> uh, and I've never been on an acid trip, so uh, <laughs> I did feel like it after that yeah. issue, though. That four issue. Uh, Mike, what's your grade on this one? Well, um. Maybe I'm going to be breaking precedent here because so far I've been giving the highest grades to this, to this comic compared to the rest of you gents, but I'm giving this one a C plus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, George, what would you give it? Uh, I'd give it a C plus. And JR? I'm giving it an F. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a B minus. I'm getting. I guess I'm the highest one. Oh, yay! Uh, uh, Everything's uh, back pro? to normal now. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, amongst us, Brad is usually the highest. <laughs> well, not. Well, the last issue wasn't uh, B minus. Uh, the pro out of me, I liked the humor aspect mm-hmm. of Uncle Ben, and I thought that was the most uh, endearing thing of these five issues that it took to get there. Right. I mean, the the the, the pro for yeah. the big pro for me was is because it was that it was that conversation between Peter and Aunt May. I mean that That's, that that was I mean as I wrote that was the definite heart and soul of the book if not the series and I think that moment worked really well. It just took a long damn time. Yeah, to get it took there. like five. Yeah, it took five issues it to get there. Re- but <laughs> it could have been told in three issues, I would imagine. Well, technically, it was, as somebody on their message board cited, um, Paul yeah. Jenkins technically did it in one with <laughs> with yeah. that um, yep. with the. With, yeah, with the the, the best medicine. So, because that's kind of what the point of that. Which story one was, was the best medicine story? Again? That was a uh, Peter Parker Spider Man number twenty. Um, what story about? Uh, that was essentially he was at the grave. He was at the grave, I think. Oh, and they kind of have that. And he's sort of been talking things. He's talking to the ghost of Uncle Ben. They have kind of that quasi Calvin and Hobbes thing going on. I okay, think it was yeah. it was one of those stories, Brad. Remember when people there was a few. A few people back then, there was, they were a very small minority of people, because Paul Jenkins wrote Spider-Man as a man who just lost his wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And there were some people who were pissed off about that and said, oh, he's too, you know, he's too morose all the time. And I'm like, dude, he's an effing widower. And Paul yeah. Jenkins wrote him correctly. 
mm-hmm. and yeah. PPSM, and it pissed some people off. I mean, because like the character would break down sobbing sometimes. He would just yeah. be like, you know, talk, trying to talk to somebody, and he'd have to lean against the wall and just cry. And I'm like, yeah. that's real. But some people didn't like it. But I know exactly what Mike's talking about, and it, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> uh, let's go around the horn for pros. I mentioned the Uncle Ben humor. Mike uh, mentioned a few things you liked also. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hear out of JR. JR, did you have any pros? If you're giving it an F, I have, probably not. I have no pros. <laughs> no pros. Okay. <laughs> George, anything you like in the book? Uh, I, a recurring thing uh, for me for the last three issues, I enjoyed the fight scene. Uh, yeah. I, I think that, that was probably, for me, the greatest strength of uh, of this little series. And the other pro is it's over. Mm-hmm. The art was good. I yeah. like that. What was, was that a two-page spread in the last page? Yeah, the, 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 where, where he's yeah, jumping and you see good. all the different, like, yeah. as you see all those different moments, Spider-Man, classic Spider-Man moments and everything. You know. I thought that was... Yeah, that was well too. done. Yeah. Let's do cons, and the biggest con that uh, of us is JR that uh, hated the most. What did you hate about it, Jr.? Well, it, it did. It it, um, it it made the mistake. It made the mistake of doing what uh, I really, really hate. Uh, and it's this whole thing. Well, I hate a lot of things, I guess, because I'm a hater, you know, <laughs> and I'm negative, you know. Um, but our ratings are going through the roof. Uh, <laughs> this thing, the characterization of Mister Flanagan. Okay, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's it's a true WTF moment when he says Peter's a loser and a lost cause. I mean, first first of all, this guy's a school counselor. Yeah, you know. Second of all, Peter is. I mean, this just you know. Think about Peter Parker. This is a kid who is a straight arrow, never did anything wrong. And then, of course, we don't know. He didn't. Nobody knows his Spider Man. But then his his father essentially his father gets murdered, murdered. And the kid goes off the rails a little bit, you know, and, and then it's like, you know, well, he's a lost cause. It's like, whoa, well, what do you do with a kid from a broken home? You know, right. what do you, you write him off? Evidently, yeah, in the the thing, he's saying this too in front of the school principal. Don't forget. So I'm surprised this guy, you know, no wonder you never heard this guy again, because he probably got fired on that day after saying that. <laughs> like, and, and, and not only that, but if, if the character had been portrayed as a douchebag earlier. Yeah. Course, that's a, yeah. But yeah, it, it's 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 these weird ass left sharp turns that make no sense mm-hmm. merely. Merely to pound the story point in even harder. Yeah. And I despise that. Despise it. And it's like, you know, remember years, it's like, and this is slot again, but, you know, it's like Aunt May's bizarro behavior on that Betty Brant story. Yeah. When Betty Brant was attacked and and Aunt May decided to say, get your ass here, Peter, because you're proving (laughs) to be, you know, an unreliable loser like you were when you were a 15-year-old boy. It takes you out of it. He's like, what? Yeah. And then, what? and then, it, it's not quite the same kind of moment. But when Harry Osborne tells Vin Gonzalez that, oh, I go, about, I go weeks without thinking about my oldest son. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and that wasn't slot. What? That wasn't slot. But the other two guys were slot. It's like, and, and you know, and, and and since you know, on the message board, people like to lecture me about things. Without, without knowing about my background or knowing a goddamn thing about me and still feel still feel like they need to lecture me. I don't know what Slot's background is. And I, I forget who wrote the uh, the other one, the Harry Osborne thing. I think it was um, 
uh, Zeb Wells or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. But when characters act like this, either you're just not a good writer and you put yourself in a fix and the only way to resolve your issue is to do something this screwball or you need to get out more. Uh, <laughs> do do people behave? I, and, and yeah, I mean, it's if this had really happened when Aunt May and, you know, like uh, Fake Mike said, you know, he says this in front of the principal. So, like, if I were Principal Davis, I would have said, goodbye, Mrs. Parker, goodbye, Peter, you know, watch the door shut. Turn around, Mr. Oh, oh, J.R.? J.R. J.R. was so mad he just cut out. The Internet just said, no more, J.R. J.R. broke the Internet. 